Welcome aboard, everybody. This is your Captain Johnny speaking, and I'd like to just thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. Also, I am so glad to be back. It has been almost six weeks since I've recorded a podcast for you guys, and I could not be any more excited to be doing this right now for you. And it's one of those, again, where I always got to make sure it's perfect. And I've already done a few cuts and a few different takes and everything like that. Because this is how much this means to me. How much I really care about making sure that this product is perfect for you guys. And it really, you know, it's one of those where I want to express my heart. I want to share what is going on with my life all the time. And it is one where I never realize, you know, the variants and, you know, different things that are going on. And I can't always believe how many things I do, but I do because I love it. I absolutely love it. So let's first start off with, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving and I know Christmas is coming up and everybody's preparing for that and getting those Christmas presents ready for getting going under the tree and everything. I've already started, I started doing shopping actually on Black Friday and it is one of those I absolutely love buying presents for my nieces, my nephews, my uncle, my parents, you name it. Yeah, and I even have a special privilege to where I got a tip on the charter and I've even taken that money and I'm spending it on some kids who are trying to fight cancer for the Isaac Strong Foundation, which I'm a huge part of, which I'll share about a little bit later. And I'm just excited to be able to spread this joy that this season brings. Also, I want to give a highlight to a very special person, Cameron, who invited me to do a talk at his university, and I was able to inspire future students about aviation, and so Cameron, I just want to thank you for that opportunity, and we'll talk about that later in the Where's Waldo, or Where's Captain Johnny, as I call it, segment. Right now, though, I want to go into the dedication part I like to do a lot uh, in these podcasts and it may not happen every single podcast but this one hit home to me because it was a fellow person who listens to my podcast also aviator and a former colleague used to work at the same cargo company together And I knew that just putting something on Facebook was just not going to be enough for me to express to him how much, you know, this impacted my life, you know, just in a small little way and how much I really want to let him know that I am there for him as well. And I thought about a few different things and I'm like, I could, I, I can you know, do that on Facebook where I say, hey, I'm sorry for your loss and everything. But to me, I wanted to do something, again, like I said, so much more personal. And the first thing I'm just going to say, Akshay, 
I'm so sorry for your loss. To give you kind of an idea, everyone, between the last podcast and this podcast, Akshay lost his father. Which, that alone is something to just grieve and to be at a loss of words for, which is, happens a lot to people in this is going to happen and you're going to go through so many different stages in this as well but he also happened to be a pilot which Akshay's father is his mentor you know how I had Gene Ferguson and I had my grandpa and I'll get into a few others later as we continue to go into these podcasts but that was his mentor from when he was little the very one of the very reasons why he got into aviation and to lose that I totally understand when I lost Gene Ferguson in my life like I like I told you when I went through that episode it was tough it was tough to handle and even if you think of them as you know, coming with you and always being in your heart, which they are, it is still very hard to process. And I'm going to just tell you right now, Akshay and your family, may your family fully truly know and learn through these times the amazing person your father was may you remember the moments treasure everything that he gave you and continue to live on in his legacy and I'm also going to do this for you Akshay because again like I've told you and you've listened to this and other podcasts and for your father and family I'm going to take a moment of silence in honor of your father and I'm going to say his name Subod Kumar Sinha for now though everybody please join me in a moment of silence Thank you so much for joining me for that. Actually, if you need anything, you know where to get a hold of me and everything. And I hope you're continuing to fly right now in his honor and memory. Let's now move into the next segment of where is Captain Johnny or where is Waldo, as I always like to refer to it. And I'll tell you right now, I am home. I am home hopefully to Christmas. This is kind of a nice moment. I got a lot of time to catch up with family, a lot of time to catch up at home, finish some projects at home hopefully, get everybody their Christmas presents, and even get involved in different events and areas. And I'll tell you a little bit later about that because I like to always do this stuff in chronological order as much as possible. So let's start with... My trips 
where have I been? And I finished up telling you that we were working on finishing up in Boston. And we ended up doing two more trips to Boston. And one of them being the final one for the launch. In that final one for the launch of our cargo operations in Boston, I have the lovely privilege of flying all the way across the United States from East Coast to West Coast because my training is in San Diego. Not expected, but it just kind of worked out that way with the sim time and everything. But I have the privilege of doing some time with my chief pilot, which uh, I absolutely love working with him. He's a really, really great guy, very knowledgeable. He's learned a lot in his role, and he is one of those that I will gladly call, and I, I even have no problem taking this, where he's an aviation nerd. He loves it. But as a chief pilot, you need that person to be all about the rules making sure you're following everything, you know, and also be the one who can be a support. You have to wear many, many hats. And in aviation, like I told you, you kind of get used to wearing wearing many hats. So after I finished the training, and actually we bolted, like I said, the training together, and it was a pleasure, and even the FAA, you know, designate examiner, which is a guy just certified by the FAA to do this, he even t- told us, he's like, you know, he's like, I love you air taxi guys. This is a direct quote. He's like, I really love you air taxi guys because you guys always are flying. And he's like, I never really have to worry about what I throw at you in the sim because you guys just deal with it. And it doesn't even phase you or bug you. And he's like, that's what I love to see. And that is a huge thing that they like to do. Like I should say they throw different emergencies at you. And you have to figure out how to get on the ground safely. And like I told you, I'm, I'm one of those crazy ones that I really enjoy doing that because I want to know and I want to practice everything. Because if it really does happen in real life, I want to be ready for it. I want it to just be instinct. I want it, I want it to be second nature. Because not only do I like to go home to my own family, I want to make sure that you go home to your own family. It's always the goal. I mean, because there's always so many risks in any job. It's not just aviation. But the goal is always for everybody to go home safely to their family to get from one spot to another. And I take it on as a challenge, as I call it. And I think we... As crazy as it was, we were actually talking about it at the to- uh, when I was talking at the University of Kearney. And we get ourselves into one of the highest stress type jobs, you know, besides healthcare, I consider it, you know, and yet we love it. You know, we want this stuff to happen. You know, it's, it always makes me laugh. I'm like, I want this stuff to happen. I want to be able to practice this in the sim. You know, like, no one ever wants to think about, you know, bad situations, and yet we're thrown into them all the time in training, and we grin and bear it, as I call it. You know, we take it, you know, head on. And I always laugh about that, because I was like, that's just absolutely crazy. That that's what we do, That's what and what we like to do. 
So after I got done with training, I flew right back to Boston, and then I flew the owners to their Thanksgiving, and I was happy that I was able to as well have a week off like they did for their Thanksgiving. Granted, in fact, they worked a little bit here and there remotely, but they spent a lot of time with their family, and I got to do the exact same, and it was very, very nice. You know, I take a lot of pride enjoy my work and everything but it it doesn't matter with anything when it comes to family family's always first friends is always first i've always told you this you know it's one of the things that i will put anything ahead of you know that for family and friends it's that important but i got to enjoy their traditional thanksgiving meal and everything and i had the opportunity to join what i call an extended part of my family. It is my sis, oldest sister's in-laws, and we've known them for more than half my life, and they're just great people. And if they are listening, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to come to your Thanksgiving, and I know I'm always welcome, but it is always such a joy to see everybody there and just talk to everybody and play games and hang out and they even make stockings every single year, and I'm always invited to make a stocking, and eventually I'll take them up on that, but I'm always helping my niece with the colors and making sure hers is perfect, because again, it's all about making sure that they're taken care of. Family again, you know? So now that Thanksgiving is, is over, I obviously fly the family, you know, the owners back to Nebraska, and then I have a few days off as well. And then this is where I made the mistake. I thought it was only going to be a two-day. And I was going to take the other owners of the aircraft and their parents to a medical appointment in Omaha. For most people that don't know, Nebraska has health care. But you have to pretty much go to the bigger cities to get the specialty doctors that are better at different specialties I should say and so for them to do this they would have to drive three and a half hours each way or they can take a 45 minute flight I think it's pretty easy to figure out which one you would do so after we did that took them to and this was me and my first officer I should say took them to Omaha and back and then they had a charter on Monday, and the owner said, hey, you're going to be returning on Saturday morning to you know Chicago and coming back to Nebraska on Sunday. Do you mind just staying just in case if something happens? Because he's like, we haven't done a charter in a few months, and I'd really appreciate it if you did that. And these are some of the requests you're going to get in this corporate environment. And if you you know, have a lot of respect for your owners and have no issues with this. You understand where they're coming from as a business person, and you should have respect for them. You know, but I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, be, I'll gladly do that for you. And then this is where everything I really wanted to talk about because this is actually something that is the first time that it has happened to me in my career as a captain and like I told you I wanted to tell you guys all about different journeys and different things that happened to me as a captain 
and I'll explain this to you. So this charter on Monday morning, you know, started out as a normal charter. And they moved the time, you know, back, which is very normal. And I was very happy for that because I'm like, oh, great. I can sleep in a little bit longer. And we typically just give you an idea about an hour and a half. We make sure that everything is set up and ready. So you have to show up at the airport an hour and a half and start getting things going for the client. Now, we were able to be able to fuel the aircraft the night before which was nice. So we had a, my line guys do that. I gave them a fuel amount and be like, okay, hey, please fill this up the night before. And they gladly do that for you a lot because it helps the morning guy around a lot when he doesn't have to do as much. And so then if something happens, we have more time to you know, work through situations, which is always nice. And so then I show up. It's about 6.30 in the morning at the uh, FBO, which is what's called a fixed space operation. My company also owns the one in Nebraska there. And so it makes it actually even easier working with fellow guys that you know. Granted, the fact that I'll tell you this is that if you become a base customer in any of these places, like when I was at Chicago Executive, you get known and all the guys get used to you and they're willing to pretty much do a lot of things for you. Because that you get, uh, you know, camaraderie as I call it, which is which is great. So after showing up, talk to the line guy. We start to determine, hey, can the airplane come out of the hangar? You know, is it going to be okay? Do we have to worry about frost? You know, all the situations that you think about, and we're like, it should be fine. After a few minutes of determination and working through everything. And so him and myself go down to the hangar that the airplane sits at it because it goes on the west end of the airport and we get it pulled out and everything and then he you know, brings it down to the FBO where our charter guests will be showing up. I, drive, I drove a car over to that hangar, and then I drove it back, and then we start getting ready, getting set up, and we got a ground cart to it, you know, get literally everything that is needed for the airplane. I make sure that the safety reports are done, and then I make sure that the fuel amount is still good. You check everything on the airplane, make sure there's nothing wrong. Maintenance-wise as well, to see if we can get it fixed before the charter leaves. And everything was set. So then you, at that point, you just sit there and wait for the charter guest. When the charter guests show up, everybody jumps into this help mode, which is great because you go into, like, I mean, you're always in a service type mode, but this is one of the ones where you, the first greeting of a customer is huge. And everybody will tell you this that it is very important to greet that customer appropriately. And so we go there, greet the customer, say, hey, what, what can I do for you? And, you know, so how you doing? Good morning. And then you grab their luggage. And it was me, the first officer and the line guy, who grabs all the luggage, makes sure that they don't carry pretty much any, you know, anything to the aircraft. A lot of times it is, you know, for the ladies, it's a purse and then maybe a small bag for the for the gentleman. After I grab all the luggage, we and 
the first officer grabs what's left, the line guy grabs anything that they need, and we load it on board and make sure that they have everything that they need on board and everything. I always do a greeting slash briefing with the client and say, hey, this is what's going on. I let them know that we're facing a pretty strong headwind and that we're going to have to do a fuel stop and that I'd push the fuel stop because a lot of times with this client, we would stop in Colorado Springs because it was early in the morning and it was one of the few airports that were open to stop for fuel. Well, this one leaving at 8 o'clock in the morning, we had a little bit more leeway as we went westbound with airports opening up. And there is 24-hour airports, just to let you know, but a lot of these smaller airports that are out west, if they don't have business, they're not going to be open, which makes sense. Why would you have a business that's open if you're not making money off of it, if a lot of people aren't coming in that early? And everybody was on board. Everybody was you know, happy with that. And then what I always do with that little bit, I always... Know, go over a safety briefing with them real quick especially if you know you got two new people on board even if you've been a frequent flyer and everything you still give a, a briefing and I know everybody's like yeah that safety briefing is always the same briefing every single time that time that those people do that safety briefing even if it's a 10th time 20th time one, you'll probably hear something different and or it will stick in your mind. It'll be fresh again. And that's one of the reasons why the commercial airliners and the FAA requires it every single time. Regardless if you're a frequent flyer or not, they still require it every single time. After I finished the briefing, I then... Told, reminded him that it's going to be about two hours and 40 minutes to Page, Arizona. That's where our fuel stop was going to be. And I got into my seat and we started up the engines. After we started up the engines, we taxi out away from the FBO. And then we run through a few different tests that you do first day, first day of the test. And I'll talk about that later in the different parts of uh, my podcast because these are very crucial to do. And then we taxi up to the runway, runway 12. FO contacts Denver Center, lets them know hey, we're number one at 12. We're at a, this airport, if I haven't told you, is an uncontrolled field. So we have to let air traffic control know that hey, we're gonna launch off this field. And what they're gonna do is they're gonna protect an airspace around us. Now, it doesn't mean that it's fully protected, but at least it gives us an area of protection, which is good. He gets the clearance. We could go get everything set, and then I call for what's called runway items. So the last little bit that has to be t- turned on, and a lot of them have to do with heat to your instruments and have to relate to lights to let everybody know that you're taking off. I line up on the runway, tell my FO to set takeoff power, he sets the takeoff power, and off we go. Now, part of the reason why I'm telling you this is because this relates to a little bit of the story here. Also, this is going to help for you guys understand in future podcasts uh, what pilots do. 
and we reach our rotation speed which is the speed you lift off of the ground safely and lift off and then you start changing your configuration within a few hundred feet or indications off gauges and typically the biggest one is your gears because it creates so much drag in the windstream that you want to get rid of that as soon as possible and after everything was taken care of flaps gear you name it and uh, it was about a thousand feet i take a right turn this is a thousand feet above the ground i take a right turn to dove creek vor which is in colorado and i'll explain vors later in another session because i think they're absolutely amazing the things that they used to navigate by now we use a lot of gps even then we use old places they take the gps coordinates for that dove creek vor and it's put in our gps now thousand feet off the ground take a right turn to dove creek vor and i hear this hey 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 i'm like okay that doesn't sound normal like saying that type of stuff and my FO just got done checking in with Denver Center and I'm at 5,000 feet and I hear this, hey, we need to return. And I was like, I'm like, hey, figure out what's going on and everything. See why we need to return. And then he turns around and one of the passengers is having a panic slash anxiety attack low my climb and I start realizing I'm like okay we need to you know level everything out and level out of 5,500 I'm like all right let's return and I said I'm like let Denver Center know that we're returning back to the airport let's cancel our flight plan uh, for passenger um, you know medical emergency and no assistance is needed at this time so we literally changed the configuration of the airplane to start getting ready for it to land. I told the FO to get the visual to one two set up so we had a backup. And I was like, hey, I'm like, you still got the airport off the right? And he's like, yep. I'm like, perfect. I'm like, keep that in my sight and keep giving me these, give me the calls. This has all happened within a couple minutes. Yeah, I mean, there's can't even believe how quick it happened and we're already setting up and figuring the land and I didn't waste any time at all. I went into a maneuver what's called a circle to land type of approach where you pretty much keep a bank and a turn going all the way to the runway and you line yourself up with a runway and then you land. And through that maneuver you do end up keeping a little bit more speed than you want but it's a very safe maneuver to help get you configured into an airport and land in a very tight radius and keep, I should say, keep you in a turn radius very close to the airport so that you can land it very quickly. And it is a maneuver that I can just practice again in a sim. And this is why I said this is because a lot of that stuff that we do in the sim can actually come into play very different moments and so I, we get everything configured the plane to land and everything I slow down I do a landing and after
after landing, taxiing right back to the FBO. I instruct the FO to, as we're taxiing back, I'm like, hey, Mike, get this guy out as soon as possible. I'm like, let him breathe and we'll assess everything on it, you know, when we need to. And we'll talk later as well if we need to. Well, after I taxi right back in, the FO hops out of his seat, opens up the door, lets the guy out. Another gentleman, you know, gets out as well because he wants to make sure that he's, you know, the guy who had the panic attack is, you know, okay. And then I stay on board with the main client just to make sure that she is okay because I didn't want anything to, or I should say, I didn't want someone to have an issue with anything that was going on because this affects everybody on board. So it was nice to have the two separate areas where the FO was dealing with the main person. And while that was all going on, while I was comforting the main client, making sure that she was okay, that everything was fine, the FO, you know, was told by the those people that they wanted their bags off and they wanted to go home. So he did it. And then I noticed that they started moving to their cars and I was like, all right, they're going home. Probably a very good situation for them to go into an environment that makes them feel safe and calm. I then asked the main client, I'm like, hey, I'm like, do you still want to continue on to California? You're okay to continue to California. She's a very frequent flyer. She's flown a lot, and especially in, uh, with me, she's flown a lot as well. And she's like, yeah, she's like, I'm, a, I'm okay to continue on. I'll be good. Everything will be all right. I'm like, okay. I'm like, why don't we take you in outside? I'm like, I'm gonna call my dispatch. We gotta change the paperwork around. I gotta refile. And let's just take a few moments to breathe, kind of reset, you know, because it's one of those where if you just rush, rush, rush to a lot of different things, you never really fully let your body reset in any type of situation. And it's important to do that. I should say we take her, I take her inside and she resets, makes a few phone calls, takes care of a few business things while I'm taking care of a few different things with calling my dispatch, making sure paperwork is online. And then the dispatcher asks, like, hey, do we want to, you know, does she still want to continue out to California? I'm like, she does. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, she's like, does she want to, you know, how are we working this now? Because they kind of give you an idea. Me and the FO were going to return with just those two gentlemen the next morning, and she was going to stay. And I was like, oh, I'll talk to her. And I'm like, maybe you should have the salesperson call her and see how she wants to work this as well. And so we ended up doing that process. While that was all going on, I instructed our line guys to give us more fuel as well because we had, we had to, we burned some fuel coming back in. And we had to have a set amount, like I told you earlier, to make sure that we made certain key points, our fuel stop, you know, and that we had backup fuel just in case of anything on well this is all like i said going on you just continue to work through the problem work through everything to make a solution and figure everything out that best fits everybody while remaining calm you know i always sit here and i try to take it you know a few moments to realize that i'm like i was calm through that whole entire situation and sync just kicked in and you just did what you had to do. 
And uh, to give you an example, the next day I ended up taking the owner to Charlotte and we were talking about this and she's like, yeah, she's like, that's just incredible. And she's like, I'm so happy that, you know, she's like, one year with our company, you handled everything so well. And then also she's like, you didn't even question stuff. You just had your instinct kicked in and everybody is on the ground safely you know you're on the ground safely the airplane is you know and uh, passengers everybody everything's safe and you see all those videos on tiktok and youtube and uh, situations where people get into these where they feel claustrophobic or they feel attacked or they feel that they need to just get out and I don't know fully what was going on in that person's situation when this happened but I did do some research and you guys know this is exactly what I do and this is exactly what happens during a panic attack is where your heart is pounding so loud for what you feel you can't catch your breath feel consumed by fear and you may think that you're dying even though you're really in no danger this is what you feel this is why one of the things i just got him on the ground right away so that he could stop you know being in the airplane so that he could breathe so he could feel like he was in control that he's away from everything and here's a few other things you feel like you're losing control you're going crazy, you're sweating, trembling, your chest has pains, you're dizzy, hot flashes, out-of-body sensations, you feel like you're choking, fear of dying, everything. These are all the things that happen to you at, at once. And here's one of mine is, it's a hormone, adrenaline, that floods into your bloodstream to put your body on a high alert so all of those things happen. So, I get that that situation, and I don't know what triggered it, what happened, or why. But for that gentleman, something triggered it. And he had to get himself back into an environment that was huge in control. Which I totally get. And we did that. Which... To me, even that it is a small, what well, I consider a small emergency, to the person who is in the back, it was a big emergency, and it was handled well, quickly, and it's one of those where I'm so glad my instincts just kicked in and I didn't even question a lot of different things made a wonderful decision and this is some of the stuff that we do in our own very life and people don't even realize it so after like i said after we got reset on everything i should say we went to the arizona and then we continued to california and landed in san diego after we landed in san diego because we didn't have the other people on board and she was staying there for a week or so we ended up preparing the plane and turning it right back to Nebraska. And then I we get the plane back into Nebraska. I land. We land in Nebraska. The next day I take the owner to Charlotte and back. 
And that was my week, people. Again, high stress environment. And yet, totally calm. I highly recommend everybody that stress comes in various different forms and different ways. And we deal with it in different forms and different ways. And I. I'm always going to recommend to you that this is something that if you go on an instinct, don't second guess yourself, the outcomes can be wonderful and you can deal with everything appropriately. I will say this, that if you're one who lives with anxiety attacks, panic attacks, and everything related to that, it is not one of the easiest things to get over, and it is hard, and these are real. This is, some, this is something that we, everybody has to learn to deal with, to work through. And don't give someone a hard time for it. Just help them through it. And you may not know how, but you can ask them, what can I do for you? What, what can I help you? And sometimes it's just sitting there and, and being with them. Getting them to, into a controlled space. To an area that they feel comfort that can help just calm them down. Now, I'm going to share one small thing here is that after all of this, I went to the university of where I was invited by a person who I met at a hotel at my company headquarters. And it was one of those where it was meant to be. He's also in my intro podcast of me becoming a podcaster, why I started this. And so I was honored to be able to talk to him at the University of Nebraska. And I had about approximately 10 people at this talk. And I went into it having ideas of what I was going to do. And I just let my heart go and shared everything and the response that I got was incredible and I'm so happy that everything worked out the way it did and I had the opportunity to do that and I had the group that I had because it was just incredible of the impact that I was able to have in their life and one of the comments from one of the students was like wow I'm complaining about finals and this and that and yet that's what you went through in your life this is minuscule everybody has something that we're dealing with we're dealing with stress in a certain way and it can be real and you can't downplay it but it's one of those when that person said that I didn't even realize how much you know I have done in my life and what I have went through and 
how much of an inspiration I can be until you know that moment. And I've heard it a few times before, but this hit home again. And so I'm so thankful, Cameron, again for having the opportunity to talk at the University of Nebraska Kearney and the aviation fraternity there people that were there. It's it's a great opportunity. I can't wait to come back. And this is the start. I told you guys this is the start. This is the beginning of where everything is going is because I'm here to inspire future minds to help people through different situations and help us go through life. Because honestly, it's, life's not getting any easier and we have to stick together to make this better to make ourselves better to make an impact and that is part of what I'm doing now I'm also going to tell you that I was invited to do a interview for a local paper for the big event that I'm going to share in April in the town that it happened and I think I blew this reporter away with everything that happened and then I met with Chief Moore of that town and we're working on getting that program together it's going to take some time and I also met with my good buddy Justin and just shared everything with him and I am so thankful for his you know friendship and just everything that we're doing together uh, that we have taken a situation where we met from evil into good you know how I told you there's bad to good good to bad and every all of those situations you know that was in April I'll explain exactly how him and I met in a bad has now become an amazing not just good an amazing situation all of the goodness has come out of such a bad event i'm so grateful for it and i'm so glad to be able to contribute back to everything in that town and we're creating waves we're creating waves we are changing little things at a time to get, create this world a better place because there is still good in this world and we need to polish it we need to shine it we need to grow it and it is happening and it may take a little while for it but it will happen and that's what is, the excitement is with everything and i'll tell you that and i've partially mentioned it before but the isaac strong foundation is near and dear to my heart and it is one of the things that I am taking some of the things in my life to use it for the good. And learning to take a bad situation to good. You know, good, good, you know, because I don't want a good to bad, I want a bad to good situation. And that is exactly what happened. This was, was my time. This is what has happened. And. I know this podcast is a little bit longer than normal, but I wanted to share exactly what was going on, and this is what happened in these last few weeks between the podcast. I'm still amazed at how much has happened, what has happened, and 
this is even a shorter version. I summed up some of this as well, but this is exactly what happened. And I'm so glad you guys took the time out to listen to this. And I'm going to continue on in the next podcast about you know, various different things that have happened. And I really hope to dive into some of the stuff that I did and how I got into training as a pilot and everything. And continue that journey of becoming a captain. Because the road to get there, like I told you, is incredible. And I really want you guys to be inspired by it. I really want you to have this impact your life as well. And I want you guys to be able to share this with other people as well. But for now, I thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening and letting me be a voice, letting me have a little bit of your time. I am so thankful for this medium and this platform and this podcast. You can't even express how, like, I can't even express how much I enjoy this. Like I said, I've missed it and I'm so glad to be back. It is so great to be back. With that, I end like I always do, but I, I should say this. Have yourself a wonderful holiday if I don't get a podcast out between then. And if you guys need anything, reach out to me at CaptainJohnny'sPodcast at gmail.com. I hope to have a website up soon. It's been in the works and everything, but life kind of got in the way and there's nothing wrong with that. And I do have a Twitter. It is Captain Johnny's Podcast on Twitter. And Instagram will be coming up shortly as well. And then I'll have a Facebook page here shortly as well, which I am exciting to announce all of that. And then I'm going to have spots all over on this to get my motivational speaking going, to have people request me to come speak and everything. And it is going to be a wonderful new year. I'm excited to start 2023 and see where this leads, see where this goes, because I was guided onto this and I was given this path and I'm excited to see where this goes. It is a wonderful journey that I, where everything is going and I can't wait to see the growth. So again, like I said, thank you so much for listening to my podcast and with that, I am like I always do. Live life like you have never lived it before because you never know what tomorrow is.